episode 284, Working Beyond the Mission Statement. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Hey, Elite Educators, Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. I am the host here of the Empowering Educators Podcast, and today we are going to be having a discussion about how do we get meaningful work done so that when we look back, we can be the most proud of our journey in education. I'm going to share a story, a lesson, some practical tips, and I'm going to help you put this into action. Happy almost Valentine's Day. I hope wherever you are, you are thankful for your loved ones, thankful for your colleagues, thankful for your profession, your specific role. I know my husband makes fun of Valentine's Day. It's a made-up holiday. It's a Hallmark holiday, but it is just a reminder to love others and sometimes we get lost in the rat race and the stress of things and we forget all the blessings around us so this is your reminder go tell someone you love them so I wanted to catch you up a little bit on what's been going on behind the scenes I'm excited for my upcoming keynote and workshop session at Coach Fest. It's going to be March 15th through 17th here in North Carolina so if you are somewhat local We'd love to see you. Don't forget to always reach out to your school and see if they have some PD funds to use to send you to conferences. And usually they'll say, okay, you've got to come back and present to staff what you've learned. And uh, there's so much that you'll learn and connect people to connect with. So it's definitely so worth it. And you and I could meet. So I'm going to be talking about how to know and grow future leaders. And then I'm going to do a workshop on your first 30 to 60 day tasks as an instructional coach because Coach Fest is anyone who's a teacher leader who coaches teachers and those two topics are going to be really helpful. So I'm excited about that. On a personal note, I just threw this murder mystery party at my house. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever been to one. This was my first time. I've heard a lot about them. We use nightofmystery.com. And you could pick all different themes. Ours was Margarita Land. So I bought all these blow-ups of tropical trees and, you know, island-themed stuff. And we ordered a margarita machine, and it was just so fun. And so (laughs) all our neighbors came over, and everyone had a part to play. That's the thing. You don't have people come in and, and act it out. You are the actors. And it was cool to see everyone get into it with their costumes. And some had accents and putting on a show. And like, who's going to kill who? And 
Obviously, no one was hurt. It was just all pretend, but man, that was really fun. So if you ever have a chance to do something different, um, even a, to do a staff party would be really fun doing one of those. So nightofmystery.com, highly recommend that. And then my 40th birthday is coming up this year in October. I think we're going to head to Nashville with some friends. So if you've got recommendations or you live nearby, I want to hear from you. Make sure you tell me all the things. So I'll leave um, links in the show notes to the Coach Fest if you want to come to that conference and then the Night of Mystery. I know that's not education related, but just in case you wanted to try that out. So let's get caught up on what has been going on in my life educationally. I had been toying with the idea of going back and getting an add-on license for administration because... I have a curriculum and supervision master's degree, and so that would allow me, there, there's a little coverage on both ends if you're an administrator or just a leader in another capacity. The classes are very similar, so I'd only have to add on just a few more if I decided to go into administration. And it's really funny to, to talk to all your friends and colleagues and, and tell them this dilemma, and we all never know our future. But we want to put ourselves in a position to accept whatever is going to be next for us. And I don't know what is my next step. I don't know what my next role will be. I love what I'm doing right now. But I also want to make sure I'm preparing before an opportunity comes because I want to be able to jump on it fast and be ready and accomplished or have the degree I'm supposed to have in order to be eligible. So I've been toying with this idea and a lot of friends know me well and some would say, well, you love to learn, so this will be a great opportunity no matter what. And then others will say, you're not into the whole politics and, you know, be in the face of the school. You like to be in the, you know, on the ground, rolling your sleeves up and that's probably just not the role for you. And so it's fascinating to talk to people who know you well and to give you some sound advice. So if you happen to have done this add-on license, I would love to hear your experience. That will help me better understand if that's the path to take. Something else that's been really on my mind is my kindergartner is learning to read. (laughs) And this is the most interesting time to learn to read in our school systems because everything is shifting from guided reading and leveled readers to more phonics-based science of reading. And some schools are on board with the shift and some are not. And some teachers are more on board and some are not. And so there's a lot of conflicting information that my daughter's getting. And the instruction seems to be a little bit inconsistent. And I'm frustrated as an educator mom trying to decide what the heck I need to do to help my child read. And thank goodness for Voxer and my PLN who's nationwide. And I'm like, SOS, what are y'all doing in your schools? How can I help her? I don't want to overstep. I want to respect the way her teacher's teaching her, but she's struggling. She's just guessing based on pictures and not really sounding things out and um, struggling to memorize certain digraphs like TH especially. She just can't commit that to memory. And so I'm getting all the tips and tricks from my reading friends. And I think what I'm going to end up doing is sharing all the lessons I'm, I'm learning about watching this. Because I know it's a big thing happening in the world about the shift in how we teach to, uh, kids to read. And a lot of the upper elementary teachers and middle school teachers are like, I've never had to teach a kid to read, but these kids are coming to me not knowing how to read. And our textbooks are very content heavy with a lot of vocabulary and they don't know how to decode the word. So anyways, this shift is supposed to help eliminate some of those issues down the road. So I think I'll just, in an upcoming podcast episode, you know, take this all apart, give us some tips and tricks 
whether we teach reading or whether we're a mom or dad at home or whether we are upper elementary, middle school, high school, college, and we're noticing some of these gaps in our readers, I think it would, maybe I'll just devote a whole thing to that. So stay tuned. But speaking of an upcoming podcast episode, my friend Nicole comes back on the podcast. She was on so long ago and her story is fascinating. So you'll want to go back and listen to Nicole Turner. I'll link that in the show notes here too. But so much has changed since that time. And I didn't think her story could get any more incredible, but her impact is just getting insane. And I'm like, I've got to have you back on. You've got to give an update. So we're going to do Nicole (laughs) 2.0. So uh, stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. That way, anytime a new episode comes out, it automatically downloads on your phone and you never miss one. Okay, so I think that's all kind of the updates. Let's dive into the episode. I always share with you like where I come up with these crazy ideas for episodes. So I work very closely with instructional coaches, leading teachers in their building, and then I work with them around the nation. So shout out to all my Teacher Leader Mastermind members. I hope those listening are will join us for an upcoming cohort. We're always trying to find ways to better lead and support teachers. And you know, everyone's district and school is set up so differently, so it makes for such a unique conversation, I should say. Some schools are really like well-oiled machines, others are just a hot mess. Some schools give their leaders a lot of wiggle room, and others are just micromanagers. It's, It's really fascinating that all these people are running towards the same goal of providing a top notch education to students, yet they go about it so differently. You know, some write their mission statements on their website and in their formal documentation, but they never build it into their culture. And then others live and breathe their missions out loud. And so what I've noticed is that if we truly want to make our mark and have an impact greater than we ever imagined, We've got to move beyond the mission statement. So let's spend today's episode understanding where we are ourselves in this process and how to move through it. Hey, y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. So why is this important? If you are not clear on where you're going, every day you show up without a North Star means you are working in circles. You don't have a map or a trail to follow, so you do tasks and do tasks and do tasks that never add up to anything. You never make forward momentum, and so so much time and effort is burned without anything to show for it. It's confusing and frustrating and honestly exhausting But if we know what type of school we want to become and what type of learning experience we want to offer students, now every day we show up, we have clarity on what tasks we should be doing and shouldn't be doing and who should be in charge of each aspect because we know their talents and then we align them to the task, right, et cetera, et cetera. So now we're moving quickly in a straight line towards the goal. Plus, we aren't selling a false statement to anyone. We back up what we say we are going to do. And that is honorable. People want to work at a place where good intentions are followed up by good works. And people want their kids to go to a place where that's happening also. The community wants to support a place where that is happening. So the lesson is, hello, always a lesson, move beyond the mission statement that we have to become the mission statement. And so how do we do that? 
Well, first I suggest doing a self-reflection. This is gonna be a three-prong approach. The first part, we gotta get real. So what is the status at your current school? Do you know the mission statement? Does the leader hold yourself and then others to the mission statement? Is curriculum aligned to this mission statement? Do parents and students and community members know about your mission statement? And do they support the work that you do? So if the answer is no to any of those questions, that is where you're gonna start. Whether you have a leadership title or a role or not, you can still lead from within. So the second prong is your game plan. Decide how you can make an impact starting with where you are. So the goal is to get to a place where your school's mission statement is streamlined and it's just part of the fabric of everything you do and everyone in your school building says and does. So now that you've completed that reflection part in the first section, you now know the reality that you're operating in. And there are three things to think about in your game plan. People, prioritize tasks, and set a reasonable timeline. So people, task, timeline. So with people, who can help you in this mission? Who do you have to run your ideas by? Who might have a helpful talent that's not being utilized, or at least in the right way right now? Think about what you can leverage with the people around you because you cannot do this alone. You cannot move beyond a mission statement and have this great movement in your school towards uh, a better aligned approach for a stronger, supportive educational plan for the students within the building without people. And so you need to know who's in, how can you help me, but you also have to know who needs to be in the loop so you don't get in trouble. <laughs> um, and then you can move to tasks, which you need to prioritize. So what needs to get accomplished for this to become a reality? Make that laundry list from where you are to where you want to be and all the things that need to happen in between and put that in order of this makes sense to get done first, second, third, and so forth. So just dump all your ideas first and then you can organize them. And then you'll set that reasonable timeline. What can you actually accomplish in a school year without an overhaul? Because that's stressful. And it's going to use up every ounce of your time and energy. And that's probably not realistic, which means you're not going to stick with it, which means you've, you know, moved and shifted things without, uh, you know, something to show for it. And that's not always worth it. So be slow and intentional. So your game plan is people, tasks, and timeline. And then the last prong, the third prong is your next step. So I want you to then draft your game plan to get your thoughts together and then do what I've learned to do. Let it sit. I've made the mistake of submitting things and then afterwards I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot to say this or oh no, I should have reorganized it in a better way or oh, I think I had a misspelling. You know, I start freaking out once my my brain kind of shuts off and I think about other things and then I'm like, I could have made that better. So before you jump into just drafting the game plan and getting into action, have a breather, have a moment to say, have I covered everything? Does this make logistical sense? Is the sequence strong enough? Uh, Is this realistic for what we can do and who's on board to help? So draft that game plan to get your thoughts together, let it sit, and then you can attack with your people, your tasks, and your timeline. I just want to say, please remember, we all have fancy logos in our school hallways. We've got these earring and quotes in our email signatures. But if we don't actually live what we say we believe about our work with students and staff, it's just a show. And I'm not saying you're a bad person if you or your school has kind of lost their way with the mission statement. 
just being a piece of paper. We've all done that. It's happened. We have good intentions, but we don't always think about, okay, are we doing what we said we we're going to do? Do do we live and operate with what we wrote down on a piece of paper and submitted it to the district or the state or whatever? We know the value of alignment to what we say our school is going to do and what we're actually accomplishing together. And we also know purposeful leadership when we're intentional, when we're focused on how to live out, move beyond the mission statement. We know we can have quite an impactful movement in education. We're going to better support growing learners to become who they were meant to become and then go out into the world and make it a better place. And that is so essential to the work that we do every day. And we can't get lost in the shuffle and we can't let a mission statement die on a piece of paper or on a website or on some stack of paper on our desk, right? We need to actually become that thing. Any of the links that I mentioned today uh, in the show will be in the show notes. Just go to alwayslesson.com, click on podcast, you'll find this episode. And I'm really just excited to hear from you. So shoot me an email, Gretchen at alwayslesson.com. Let me know how it's going, the frustrations, the celebrations, and everything in between as you do this work trying to move beyond the mission statement. Remember, your three-prong approach is that self-reflection. You got to know where you're starting and where things are starting to break down. Then you'll get your game plan together with the people, your prioritized task, and your reasonable timeline. And then your next steps are to draft and pause before you can attack. Okay, I know it's going to be really amazing, but very hard work. And I want you to have a great, strong plan and a commitment to the process. It's not going to be easy. It's going to have a lot of twists and turns, ups and downs. That's why you're not doing alone. You got your people and you have clarity on what you're trying to accomplish and why it's essential that you move beyond the mission statement. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on working beyond the mission statement. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. (laughs) 